Hello, welcome to Vitech Talks, the podcast. I'm Steve Brandt of Vitech, and this is where we discuss the trends and pressing issues, and certainly the important events shaping the group benefits and retirement industries. With the experts, leaders, and yes, even characters that make our industry what it is. This is a fast, fun way to gain insights and opinions on the topics we all care about. And I'm sure it'll be the best 15 minutes you can spend to keep yourself informed. And I promise, entertained. All right, welcome everyone. I'm Steve Brandt and you are experiencing the inaugural edition of Vitech, the podcast here today. And I'm so excited that you're out there listening. It's, uh, it's our first time around, so take it easy on me. And I have, uh, for our first show, an exceptional, exceptional guest, um, Nick Rockwell, who is the president of Eastbridge Consulting. He's, uh, he's come all the way from Phoenix, sunny Phoenix, <laughs> to, to join the podcast on Zoom, like the rest of us in this uh, crazy time we're in right now. Yeah. Um, and for those of you who don't know who Nick is, uh, he is the president of East, Eastbridge Consulting, and he's been gracious enough to come on board today and talk about uh, the group voluntary benefits market. And he has over 18 years of broad experience um, in a lot of different roles in the business arena, sales, distribution, administration, marketing. Um, and he's been at Eastbridge now seven years. And during that time, he's led and delivered <clears throat> consulting projects for clients across the insurance and non-insurance uh, markets, third-party administrators, technology platform segments. Um, prior to joining Eastbridge and how he got into group voluntary space uh, is he launched and led LifeLock's introduction into the voluntary benefits arena, uh, achieving an incredible 400% sales growth over two years, uh, which would get a lot of people's attention as it did. Um, and because of that experience in building a voluntary benefits business and having advised dozens of carriers on strategic matters, He's developed a great reputation as a go-to resource for, for all leaders in the industry and the market. And he's a frequent speaker. You've probably seen him out there if you've been at conferences around voluntary benefits. Um, he does uh, industry events. He does webinars. He uh, co-authors Eastbridge's monthly benefit pro column and you know, really is someone that we can all count on to, to tell us what's happening in the space. Nick, welcome to our initial inaugural event here at Vitech, the podcast. And I really appreciate you being here. Steve, thanks so much. Thanks for, thanks for having me and, and Eastbridge and, and thanks for the introduction. I'm going to, you know, the, the, the most nerve wracking part of uh, all these, I think most people can agree yourself included is when people are reading off the list of whatever you've done. And uh, it's always sort of, I try to change it and I try to make it less cringeworthy and uh, I, I still haven't gotten there yet, but I really appreciate the intro. And uh, the point is Eastbridge, which is, was here long before me, uh, has a lot of data and I've been blessed to join the company and lead the company and get a lot of cool insights. So so I look forward to the conversation. I appreciate you and having us on. Absolutely. And, and I think you and I have spoke before, but you know, I knew Gil uh, Loire, uh, the former uh, founder of, of Eastbridge, uh, you know, pretty well over the years, 
tapping yeah. into his, you know, fountain of, of, uh, of resource um, uh, to help help me and my businesses along the way. So uh, to see you there doing the same thing and carrying on the great uh, tradition that, that uh, Gil put out there, I think is fantastic. Try it, try it. You know, uh, he's he's forgotten more than most people ever learn, myself included. Uh, and him and Bonnie built an incredible, incredible business here. And I still learn from her every day. And uh, yeah, so it, it's fun. And it's a unique role we get to sit in. We we sort of are, are kind of neutral to everything. We think highly objective and uh, uh, think that lends itself to just kind of being able to call it, call it kind of how you see it, you know, and take it for whatever it's worth. And uh, but we've got a lot of good data. I'll try to bring some of those points up in this today. Obviously, we're relevant. All right. Excellent. Excellent. So we have a few questions for, for you, Nick, um, yeah. uh, that we'll, we'll take you through and uh, we'll see where, where the conversation goes. Um, sure. Uh, the first uh, question that's really interesting is, you know, coming off the pandemic, of course, everybody's wondering, you know, how did the business do? How 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 have we rebounded? Yeah. Because, uh, you know, like every business, there was a, there was dips in, in the group business and the voluntary business. Yep. Uh, certainly some uh, some heightened claims activity and disability. So there's a lot of group carriers out there uh, feeling the pinch um, uh, around that. But. From a voluntary perspective, I mean, what are you seeing? I mean, how how did how did the market bounce back? Yeah, great great place to start. Um, so so a quick rewind and, and recap of sort of the history of voluntary growth, and we've gone we've been tracking going back to 1998, something like that. And really, every year, uh, year over year, the industry of voluntary benefits has experienced anywhere from three to call it. Uh, excluding uh, this this year, I'll get to that in a moment, you know, 8% uh, year over year growth. So that's better, right on par with or better than GDP just about every year. Now, the only down year was 2010. Uh, 2010 took a hit. And a lot of people look at that and say, well, why wouldn't that have been a good year for voluntary? Ultimately, it was. ACA um, and Obamacare, you know, did definitely change the context of, of group benefits and medical benefits and, and voluntary as 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 taken advantage of that, seen some advantage from that, but it was truthfully growing very well before. And that was just simply a year of distraction, right? So then we fast forward more and more growth to 2020 and surprise, surprise, like the rest of the world, voluntary takes a hit, right? We saw a, a decline, uh, a pretty significant one uh, in 2020, but it was not because of a real lack of um, demand. I mean, I just always want to reiterate, I think it's obvious to people, but we want to reiterate that some industries take a hit because the value of what they bring wasn't necessarily as valuable anymore, right? Um, you know, if people aren't leaving their house, something like an Uber is going to maybe take a hit at a certain point, right? Because people aren't drawing on that resource. It's not that people didn't need voluntary benefits. It was the chaos of uh, what HR and business was dealing with, businesses having to let people go and, and all of that, similarly to ACA creating chaos, right, and, and distraction. So we actually, in the middle of the pandemic, had a lot of employer feedback from, from some quick hit research that said, hey, we expect more people as a result of COVID to enroll in benefits, which a lot of us in the industry would expect, right? It gives us a, a story to tell about life's protections, about preparing for the unknown. And we, 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 I think we saw that where the challenge, Lou, is that we didn't get a lot of new groups. So a lot of people who did get new groups or went back to re-enrollments in 2020 were able to say, you know, participation did, did we did see some increases. We did have to pivot in a lot of those instances and do things differently, move to self-service versus face-to-face -face for those still doing that, et cetera. So in any event, 2020 was sort of a down year, but not for everybody. It was down mostly for the big carriers. 
uh, a number of large players in the uh, you know kind of in the middle top 15 still saw success but overall the largest carriers were down so we were down as an industry well now in 21 we have seen a rebound so we've seen some of the large carriers who were down up we've seen some of the kind of middle ground top 10 carriers who were up down interestingly we're still kind of digging into that and unpacking with some folks as to how uh, that shift necessarily occurred. But the point is there's there's people having different experiences. So it's not a homogenous environment by any means. Overall, the industry was up about 11%. Life and disability kind of carried the day. Um, the, the health supplemental health products grew, but not by their normal clip. So I think brokers were really kind of getting back to basics, uh, talking to employers about fundamental products, probably a lot of uh, re-enrollment uh, activity going on. So sales in general were definitely up, not to pre-pandemic levels, but that kind of growth swing back definitely put us back in the right trajectory. Yeah, you know, that's exciting. And certainly the uncertainty of the pandemic, right? You spoke of that, you know, really had an impact on, on what was going on, but it's great to see it, it bounce back. Yeah. And in some interesting places, right? Like, uh, you know, whole life, universal life, uh, those types of products yes. are seeing a, a, an uptick, right? Because just, just to your point, it's like life's uncertainties. You ought to be looking at these types of products again, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we, I, I expected a little bit of a, bounce, a bigger bounce in something like a critical illness, right? right? And I think we actually will. But I think first what happened is, again, I, th- I think a lot of the broker community went back and said, look. Let's start with some fundamental things here. It's the stuff we've always been selling that has maybe, you know, lost under the weight of the variety of products that are out there, that there's still a lot of people not protected. So I think we saw a lot of that, but I think uh, the critical illness uh, message uh, along with accident and hospital identity, they also still suffer. We see in all of our data points that people just don't understand them. There's, there's still a real lack of understanding. You know, there's a lot of consumer reactive uh, especially in a self-service enrollment methodology to say, oh, I have, I have healthcare. I don't need a critical illness. They, they don't understand what the protective mechanism is unless they dig into it. Um, so I think it's going to take another year or two to see some of the, the enrollment areas uh, there pick up. But yeah, you hit on a, such a good point that uh, even Whole Life was seeing, uh, we have that Whole Life report that came out recently and it does show that uh, we're seeing sort of a resurgence there, an uptick there. Yeah, which is pretty amazing. Everybody thought yeah. that, those products were kind of left to dead in the voluntary space, and yeah, you know, they just come running up, come you know, screaming up the uh, up from the outside lane there. And yeah, I, I think it's confused a lot of carriers because they they just weren't really planning on that, right? Now they yeah. have to readjust a little bit to maybe capture some more market share that might be there. It definitely depends on your distribution, right? You know, we've had some 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 term focused players say, "Do I need to get into that space?" And you know, if you're playing with a certain type of broker, a more uh, group or true group oriented, uh, focused on the medical you know, broker community, that may be less necessary. There's there's other carriers that focus on the enrollment specialists and classic, what we call classic voluntary workers. And there you, you need to consider it if you can. It's it's a tool and technology is making it better applicable in the, or not applicable, better deliverable in the, right. uh, in the group space than it has been before. Yeah, yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. Well, all right. That was uh, certainly an in-depth uh, explanation of what's going on out there. What about, you know, changes, right? Um, what do you see as the, the most critical changes uh, going yeah. on in the space now? Uh, how do you see that playing out? Yeah, you know, I mean, there's there, there's such a long list, but, but the first thing that always comes to my mind when people ask about change is enrollment, because it, it's just, it's this area where, 
the players have changed. The styles have changed. There's so many things influencing it. The, 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 you, you, so let's start with the front end of it, right? You know, it's, it's become something where people have to do a better job of educating employees. So how do we do a better marketing job, right? Well, employers aren't marketers. So over time, getting people to be more comfortable with promoting benefits in a healthy, uh, non-salesy fashion has really been kind of the key to getting that front end piece right. And you need, as a carrier, to be good at that. You need brokers who have an eye for it. And then, you know, right along with that, you have this advent of the Ben Edmund system and the growth we've seen in that community over the years, really kind of leading uh, all things enrollment. They have to be able to help deliver it. Right. Um, and then the screens and the actual enrollment environment. What, what's the story? I mean, it used to be it was just an app taker, right? Radio buttons. You, you want this or not? You know, and that was obviously the first phase after paper. Um, and now we're seeing all kinds of technologies that can overlay that and help the decision making and, and decision widgets and that kind of stuff. And, uh, and then, you know, even post enrollment, the whole EDI process, the data exchange, that's still a behemoth for carriers to deal with. It can be the bane of existence for brokers and employers going into January 1st, because if that doesn't work right, it's going to be tough on the billing. So if you don't get that first bill right, it, you know, it cascades. So enrollment is such a linchpin uh, piece. And, and there's so many elements to it. Like, uh, you know, we're, we're big fans here of the idea of an active election. You know, a lot of brokers have difficulty achieving that, but there are many out there specialists who will achieve those types of working conditions for a voluntary enrollment. And it has to include the medical. It has to be everything. You can't get, you know, active election for one product. So that means that that process has to be talked about in Q1 with the broker and the employer talking about that type of, of delivery experience. But often it's talked in Q3. It's talked about in September as we're implementing and people just don't get there. And, and that's one of the most impactful things we can do for employee education is say, hey, you have to say yes or no. When people think about saying no, they learn about something more. So there's just so much you could talk about with enrollment. So when I think of change, I think of all the things that are going on there, new players, new methodologies. And I think carriers, brokers, platforms alike just are constantly having to reinvent the role they play in it. Um, the next piece of change I, I kind of was, was thinking of there was the fact that brokers and employers really are dictating that more. You know, 10, 15 years ago in voluntary they were looking for the carrier to kind of dictate it, but that that's changed, you know, and that's not necessarily a new observation, but I still run into people who, particularly on the carrier side, who are trying to own enrollment rather than be extremely nimble. That's always our advice is be ready to be extremely nimble. So those are some of the many elements of change that I think are most important. Yeah. It's, and it's such a technology driven dynamic right now, uh, uh, you know, especially in accelerated through COVID, even the smallest of yeah of groups now want, you know, some sort of virtual experience, decision support. Um, and, and, and carriers have kind of relinquished that, yeah. that whole piece of, you know, technology landscape to the Ben Advent yeah. and the brokers, right? And the employers and the HRS systems. Um, and, and I think the nimble, nimble is good advice for a carrier these days uh, because the easier they can make it for those other entities to do the job. Yeah. The better exactly. off they're going to be, right? Uh, yep. In 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 selling their their products, yeah, that's uh, that's really good. Thank you. Um, all right, so I mean, we we know what's selling and we know what's changing. Um, you know, where is it happening, right? Where where are, where are cases being won and lost these days? Yeah, yeah, it's a it, it's a good question. So, 
I, I think there's still a lot, particularly on the carrier side, we, we run into this a lot with companies where it, it, there's still an attitude that product is where it will be won, right? That if I have the best product, uh, if I have the most features, et cetera, et cetera, that's going to win. But, you know, the reality is if you look at more and more of the data points we're, we, we pull out of the market, we're seeing where product is certainly important. I would never say it's not important, but we're seeing a lot of competition for factors like administration, billing. Uh, when you look at takeover specifically, the number one issues all re revolve around uh, the inability to effectively set up pipes and data feeds between companies, getting that bill, bill right, and then employee experiences like uh, uh, claims. Um, so you look at all these administrative factors that, for me, what that tells us is things are being lost. You know, the pr product's very important, but once that product is sold and installed, it's not necessary until we go back and review it uh, or another broker comes in and looks at it. It's sort of there. What, and what people actually live with day to day are the employer living with the billing experience, living with the data feed experience, the employee living. I, I feel like what we hear more is it's less about people finding that a product didn't cover what they thought it would cover. It's that the product took a long time to pay. It, it was, it was kludgy for us to, to file the claim. It was kludgy for me to know. So it's, it's less the product delivering on the needs, though that's a problem in plenty of instances, in plenty of instances and that goes back to enrollment education, but it's, it's mostly around this claims process just being foggy. And so all of those are experiential pieces that are way beyond product. And they're the type of thing that if a broker experiences that with a carrier one time, you've kind of, we've, we've hurt the opportunity to get into more to more of that block of business, right? So it's not just one group that poor billing or poor ADI feeds impact. So in a word, administration excellence um, is, is huge. I think carriers across the board are trying to up their game. We've had an executive perspective survey that uh, carrier leadership has been telling us for the last two surveys, so the last three some odd years, uh, that, that that's a huge part of their focus and investment, but it continues to be that way. So there's, there's plenty that aren't, aren't really seeing that end. It only continues. And, and again, more focus on the claims experience um, in general and are being voluntary, excuse me, employee centric in a voluntary program relative to claims. I mean, and you're really hitting on, right, the customer experience, whether it be the broker, the employer or the employee, right? It's that yeah. customer experience, which is really all encompassing from enrollment all the way through uh, administration, billing, claims, right? And yeah. And carriers, you know, they're right when they tell you that they have to focus, but it's hard, right? Because they have to basically uh, transform their legacy environments to be able to meet the demand that, that those entities are calling for from a servicing perspective. Uh, and that's not easy to do. But that's a podcast for another day. <laughs> well, and you guys probably see it in what you do so much, right? I mean, how many clients are moving uh, from an environment where they have multiple systems that, that absolutely and some are easier to unwind than others and some have the idea that i should just do one at a time and 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 just that piece of it you know brokers learn that quickly that a broker in transition might be the most dangerous or excuse me a carrier in transition may be the most dangerous situation of all so so i mean i think the the type of technology uh, you are aiming for is becoming in, in, in far greater demand because we've seen we've seen that a lot of companies they've got I got a lot of human capital, right? It's just these systems. 
um, that really need to be more streamlined, to be more industry uh, recognizing of the industry mechanics and, and all that. But this administrative component um, is, again, it is, it's so big. You can have the biggest, baddest product, you go sell it in and the next year you're out because we didn't have our admin game on. And that is such a cascading problem for future results, not just with that broker, but with their agency uh, and reputationally, people have to get it right. That, and that, that really hurts. Hey, Nick, we got to wrap this up. I'm getting the, uh, I'm getting the, the flag from uh, our producer, Melanie, right now. But I'll tell you what, this has been fantastic. You, uh, you've been an incredible guest, and I really, I'm, I'm honored and privileged to have you on our first show. Uh, I hope you will come back again because uh, you have some incredible insights and things to say. And um, thank you again. Absolutely. And thank you guys to having us. Uh, it's been great. And thanks for doing these. I wish more people would put thought or thought leadership out there because the industry needs it. We all need to be thinking about this stuff and having these conversations and getting different opinions. So thanks right. again for having us. All right. Thank you. And thank you to everybody for listening and look out for more. We've got more coming. Uh, and this was number one, but we're coming at you with a lot of fun talk about voluntary benefits and group insurance. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.